0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. In this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're going to be chatting with um, Shane and Chloe from Forest Lump Barbecue, who are the king and queen of SCA in Australia. They are absolutely killing it. But first up, I just got a couple of announcements that I need to uh, put past you. The first is that we'd like to welcome our podcast partner for today, Heatbeads. They are a charcoal manufacturer, they are nationwide, they do some fantastic work, Uh, both with their charcoal and also in the wider barbecue scene. They've been a part of the whole thing since um, about 50 years ago, more than 50 years ago now. So there's a very good chance that you have uh, all used their products before. Your parents have used their products. Your grandparents have used their products. And uh, yeah, they're as much a part of your family as they are of ours. So we do appreciate them coming on board to be our podcast partner for today. The second announcement is that we do have our free ebook available for you, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. Now, that's over on the smokinghotconfessions.com website. If you just go over there, have a bit of a click around, a pop-up window is going to appear. You can put your details in there, and we'll send it straight out to your inbox for you. The next is that we do have this Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community on Facebook, which is a fantastic place for you to come join us at. It's where we are live streaming this episode at right now. And later on in the episode, we are going to be putting some of your questions to Shane and Chloe, which is going to be very interesting. And what you can do is if you are joining us live, I can see that there's quite a few of you online with us already. You can write your um, question in the comment section of that live video in the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Community. And then later in the episode, I'm going to put those questions to to our guests, which is going to be very cool. Now, if you are watching this video on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up, a subscribe and hit that little notification bell. If you're watching on Facebook, it's a thumbs up, it's a share and a comment. Make sure you're following us as well. If you're watching us on IGTV, give us one of those cute little hearts and a follow. And last of all, if you're listening to this later on, on Apple podcasts, do give us a five-star rating and review, because that really helps drive us up the charts. Now, today, as I said, Shane and Chloe from Forest Lump Barbecue. Now, if you saw some of the different competitions I was traveling to in 2019, uh, Meat Meat stands out in my memory in particular uh, down in Horsham. These guys just slay it, absolutely slay it with their ancillary hand-ins. So it's going to be fascinating to to have a bit of a talk to them and find out just how they come up with their ideas for these astounding hand-ins. We're going to learn how they got into barbecue. We're going to learn what drew them to SCA and then we're going to give, uh, sorry, and then they're going to give us, um, we're not going to give them a lesson, they're going to give us a lesson, which is going to be uh, some tips for SCA beginners, which is going to be really cool as well. As I did say at um, just a few minutes ago, we are going to be doing a Q&A session. And what we have done is we have opened up a Patreon account over at uh, patreon.com slash smokinghotconfessions. Now, due to different restrictions on different platforms, the episode needs to be kept to one hour. So if you would like to see the full uncut episode, head over to patreon.com slash smokinghotconfessions. It's 5 bucks a month, and we post the complete, unedited, uncut versions over there. So do check that out as well. Now, that's probably about all that you want to hear from me. So, I think it's time we get these guys in here. This is the
1: internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long's it been since your last confession?
0: Shane, Chloe, welcome to the confessional. How are you today?
1: Good, thanks. How are you, Ben?
0: Mate, good, good. We uh, went to a gala night last night, so I. Um, Slept a little late this morning. Let's let's call it lunchtime, and um, have been on the uh, rehydration drinks the, the, this afternoon, and I'm feeling good.
1: And oh, I did see those photos.
2: Looking looking pretty sharp
0: there. Thank you, thank you. That was um, I actually had to. We had 24 hours' notice basically, so we had 24 hours. I had to go out. I had to buy all new clothes. My wife had to go buy all new clothes, get her hair done. So the whole day yesterday started at about six o'clock in the morning and finished at two o'clock this morning. So it was, uh, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. So tell us guys, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Uh,
1: just today I actually did some pork belly.
0: Nice. I love pork belly. Tell us about it.
1: Um, it was just, we did it in the Z grill pallet smoker, just a crispy skin pork belly. Um, trying out a new rub from um, me graffiti down here in Geelong. So, yeah, those guys were nice enough to give us a sample, so we just thought we'd give it a bit of a crack.
0: Now, I've, I've seen Zed Grills popping up more and more around the scene. Can you tell us a bit about um, sort of where they come from and, and, and how you like them? Yeah,
1: so um, uh, Michael um, is the guy that brings those in to Australia. Um, they're basically a older model of a Traeger, which is what they're based on. So the factory's um, in the same area. Uh, so they're quite easy to use. They don't have the Wi Fi and all that sort of stuff. It's pretty much turn a the dial, it lights itself, and you know, you're cracking with barbecue straight away. So they're very easy to use.
0: Sounds awesome. Yeah. And I think uh, like all that Wi Fi stuff is nice, but then. When it crashes, it crashes. So in, in a lot of regards, it can be nicer to sort of dial that technology, just back one level and just take it from there.
1: That's right. Um, we do have the Traeger as well with the Wi-Fi and stuff. And I find sometimes it gets a bit bitterly, so, you know, it drops out and, you know, while they are good, the Z-Grills has just been, you know, a lot easier to use.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And so is that your, your favourite barbecue? Like I, I'd, I'd imagine if you're anything like the rest of us, you've probably got about 16 of them uh, sort of strewn around the yard. Um, and Can then you- some. Um,
1: yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's our favourite barbecue. I, my favourite's probably the offset that I built that's on the trailer. Um, oh. We use that for comps.
0: So. Nice, you built that yourself. What was that experience like? That that, that must have been a bit of a tricky thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't. It wasn't so bad.
1: I mean,
2: it was supposed to be quite a long project. He's like, "Oh, it's going to take me six months." And like four weeks later, I had a smoker sitting in the driveway. And I'm like, "Okay, yep, cool. This is, <laughs> this is how we go." That's
0: that's really funny because usually that story is in reverse. The, uh, the 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 partner says, "I'm going to build a smoker trailer. It's going to take me four weeks." And six months later, there's just parts strewn all over the driveway. <laughs> if it wasn't
1: barbecue related, it probably would have never been finished. So.
0: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so tell us how you got into barbecue.
1: Um, just sort of started out as most people do just with a, you know, your humble Weber, um, wanting to cook a, a roast. So, you know, you get the heapies, light them and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, if you're having a bit of trouble, went on Facebook, looking for tips and stumbled across, um, the Australasian barbecue alliance. And, um, yeah, it just opened up a whole new world.
2: I think the, um, the end of it all, or the beginning really, was um, my sister and sister Laura and I. We bought Shane and Cameron tickets for the meat stock in 2017. Yeah, nothing's been same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, if there's any event that's going to uh, sort of convert people who are even remotely thinking about getting into barbecue, it'd be a meat stock for sure. <laughs> And so after that, so that was twenty seventeen Meatstock. That they're usually around February, March. What's the journey been like since then? Was it was it a rapid descent into the world of barbecue or did you sort of slowly evolve?
1: No, it, it was pretty rapid. I mean, after Meat Stock, we sat down because we've got two other teammates at Forest Lump Barbecue, which is Sarah and my sister Sarah and her husband Cameron. We sat down and the girls sort of said, Why don't you guys have a crack at it? Um, and we said we can't do that. We're not good enough. Which I, you know, a lot of people think they're not good enough, but they can have a crack. Um, and yeah, we just had a crack in. There was a local competition in Ballarat, so yeah, we had a crack there. And, haven't
2: looked back.
0: Yeah. And how did you go at that first competition? What was that like? Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but we. We competed alongside some great teams there and um, somebody that Shane and Cameron were sort of really closely watching and following was Boomer and he was actually there and we were able to draw with him in chicken. So we are pretty impressed with that for our first one. Wow. Um, but yeah, the boys were a little bit starstruck there for a little while.
1: <laughs> and uh, also we were set up across from Smokeface Girls. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of wondered what we got ourselves into.
2: We had Ross um, from Firehouse next to us. He was awesome as well. So yeah. all very welcoming uh, in the very first comp, which was great.
1: Yeah. yeah so you just straight into the family when, when you compete. So it's really
0: good. That's an awesome story. Yeah. There's a lot of people that I talk to who sort of, um, let's just say they can't really remember their first barbecue competition. So <laughs> the fact that you guys managed to, uh, to pull off a couple of trophies, you first run out the gate. That's fantastic.
2: No, no, no trophies, no trophies,
0: um, but yeah, we, yeah, we got some calls. Yeah. <laughs> ah, my, my mistake, I, I just assumed that when you said that you tied with Boomer, I assumed that that was a, like a trophy oh, thing, because that, that, that guy just slays them. it. <laughs> yeah, he like, get his epic fail.
2: but we, we were quite impressed we could draw with him,
0: so. <laughs> so you you, uh, you compete with, uh, with your, let me just get this right, it's, Chloe's sister and her husband. Is that right? Other way. Shane. Shane's, yeah. Shane's sister. Oh, sister. Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you compete in a, in, in a team, it's easy to, um, you know, if you're just mates, you can have a blow up and go your separate ways and sort of cool off for a week or two and then come back together again. What's it like cooking as a team when it's a big family affair and you've, you know, it, like, everyone is so close, not, not just at the competitions, but then outside of the competitions as well?
2: Yeah, I think we we actually do really well. We all get in and we all do the same. Like we sort of all have our tasks. We all know what we need to do and how to help out. We can all tell when we're all getting a little bit um, frustrated with each other, uh, so we know when to step step away as well.
1: <laughs> and Sarah being my sister, we're no stranger to having, having parties <laughs> with each other. So you know, it's just how it is.
0: <laughs> do do either one of you ever uh eat uh ever pick up the phone in the in the middle of a competition like? Call mum and dad and like Sarah's calling me names. Uh, no, no,
1: we we haven't, but you know it's not beyond us. We probably can.
0: <laughs> so it's not off the table. I love it. No. <laughs> so what has been um, the the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in your uh, uh, time in the competition scene?
1: For for us personally, um, no doubt it would be Chloe's jaw. Um, Chloe you can talk a bit about your jaw
2: I don't really get to sample a lot of our very tasty dishes um, I have issues with my jaw so I'm having um, another prosthetic surgery in March this year so over the last few years I've actually already had that done twice uh, so I don't get to sample a lot of things but it is a good psych out for some of the teams i say oh yeah try, try the chicken and I actually can't bite through the skins regardless of how good they are so that tends to freak people out a little bit. <laughs> but now, other than that, I think last year threw a really big curveball um, for everybody. Uh, I think COVID really hit everybody hard. We just, I suppose, sat down and worked out what we did best and how we could perfect that a little bit further. And I think that was able to get us across the line for 2020, bring something good out of it.
0: Yeah, that's that's good that you're able to to, to turn that around like that. Now, just just looping back to your um, talking about your your jaw and your surgeries. Just a just 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 a quick mention for anybody watching and listening. There is actually a GoFundMe set up, um, so the barbecue scene can sort of get behind you guys and sort of help you out with that as well, isn't there?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so- there is
1: um, one. Of, one of our mates was kind enough to set that up for us. So
0: yeah,
2: yeah, very generously set it up, and uh, we've had some great support through that. So I do thank you, everybody, that. Maybe watching that has contributed uh, it does make a very big difference
0: yeah definitely it's it's beautiful to see the whole barbecue scene the whole barbecue family sort of come together for for situations like this, which is you know i mean a, a an an award winning barbecue cook who can't actually taste the food i mean that's that's a cause to get behind it's it's pretty
2: yeah
0: yeah um okay so what has been your your biggest success then, and and how do you think you got there? So, what sort of what sort of pulled it together for you?
1: I would say our biggest success so far was um, we we just won the twenty twenty um, SCA Australia Ancillaries points chase. Um, so you know we get the ring and all that sort of stuff. So that's for us two, probably our best achievement so far. Um,
2: and for the team, I think one of our best would actually be quite early on um, at Bordally Wineries, where um, we were RGC, and I think that was maybe our third or fourth comp. Yeah. So um, that was a KCBS sanctioned event, so that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Was that the one that that's in your? Um, I think it's the Forest Lump profile pic on Face. Oh no, uh, background picture on Facebook where you're sitting on like a big throne. No, no, so no.
2: That's um, that's Corral Castle.
1: That was a, a, a he beat Big Master
2: call.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So the twenty twenty ancillaries. You got the. You were number one in Australia for that. Tell us a bit more about that.
1: Um, we were probably, I think we were three points behind the leader, three or four points that. behind the leader, um, coming into. You know we co- there was a break in COVID kind of thing so we could compete um, and we competed at where'd we compete at to get those uh, oh we competed at Kelly's, Kelly's Meats in Curative, Um and we ended up walking away with 11 points out of that so yeah it was it was kind of ridiculous and um We
2: were very lucky
1: on the day. Yeah, there's always that element of luck in barbecue with the judges, you know, but um, we came away with 11 points, which put us, I think it was nine points in front. Um, And then we had another comp we went to in Armidale where um, the guy that was coming second, Dan White, um, was there and, you know, if he had have got the nine points or whatever, you know, he would have won. So as luck had it on, luck was on our side. We we didn't get any points in that competition, but and Dan was able to get five points. So, you know, we came away with the championship in
0: the end. Nice, nice. Now as the now you you, you mentioned that was the twenty twenty ancillaries, and then you said that you won the championship overall. So you got the uh, like you are the number one for SCA for twenty twenty in, in yeah, Australia. Correct. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Sorry. When you said for ancillaries before, I thought they were separate to the to the overall thing. No, no. So you've got
1: the ancillaries point chase, and then you've got a stake, the stake one as well.
0: So on oh, stake, okay. we ended up third. Right. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So you mentioned before that um, that you had uh, spent a bit of time in some low and slow competitions. KCBS. Uh, there was the Heatbeats Pitmaster Challenge that you mentioned there before. Um, we're going to get deep into SCA in the second segment, but give us a bit of an idea about, um, about how you like to tackle low and slow competitions and how you go with them.
1: Yeah. So we've, with, um, KCBS and ABA competitions, um, anything that's just your, you know, your normal chicken, pork, lamb, all that, that sort of stuff, we tackle that as a team and we we kind of have like a spreadsheet with all of all of our times and i've I've got it like people laugh at me because I've got this spreadsheet up on the wall which has got all down
2: yeah, to the minute
1: you know it's got <laughs> colors and it's it's got everything you know people laugh but it, you know it's it's fun. um you do. for me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so we kind of like to be really organized and I think um I think you kind of need to be.
0: So yeah mate being organised with spreadsheets you are speaking my language. <laughs> you
2: can the um, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the smoke faced griller boys like like to laugh at me because when I first met them I was uh, walking around a competition with a folded up A3 spreadsheet in my pocket that I was pulling out and crossing off people's names as I was talking to them and uh, I had all information <laughs> about who'd been doing what for the last 12 months plotted out in the uh, in the spreadsheet,
1: yeah. I mean, what watching guys like like Smokeface, they're, they're unbelievable because they don't run that sort of spreadsheet. They they're so well versed in what they're doing, um, you know. And I, I hope to get there one day, but um, I don't know if I can make go of the spreadsheet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, me neither. I love them too much. So, what's been your uh, your your experience with the um, with the KCBS comps like? Because I know that they. Like K C B S sort of started to make a bit of an inroads into Victoria and then they've I don't know if they've withdrawn a bit or reconsidered or like how it how how have you found the, the, the KCBS side of things?
2: Uh, So since we did a KCBS at DeBorderly, I think we've only done two others since then, um, which were both down at Cranbourne on Melbourne Cup Day. Um, So we haven't done a lot of KCBS, but in saying that both Shane and I are um, certified judges for KCBS as well. So we've been through and done the judging side of things, so that we sort of gives us a little bit of an insight on exactly what the judges are looking for, because they do judge on different criteria to what the ABA and then obviously what SCA do as well. So it's it's great to sort of be able to have that knowledge to see and think like the judges do.
1: And I think the big issue, I think the big issue at the moment with um, KCBS competitions in Victoria is the lack of a promoter. Um, we've had a, a few good guys like um, Rob who, Rob Muir, who does the ABA stuff. He, he was really good, but now he's um, moved to SA. Um, we've had Brett Gray, who also ran an ABA comp in, in Geelong. Um, but, yeah, we, we're just kind of lacking those promoters at the moment. And I guess with COVID, it's a little bit scary for promoters. So.
2: I think Victoria and COVID has just really damaged everything at the moment. So let's look forward to a great year this year.
0: Well, you've, um you've already been, uh, been uh getting amongst it this year with um, the competition recently at Kelly's Meats, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We-
2: yeah. So um, Luke's down there. He's doing uh, like a series of SDA events. So he's, um, teamed up with SBA there, uh, so he's going to be hosting four events, and then um, the GCs and RGCs from each round will get to compete in a grand final. So, as well as being a bit of a points chase for the SBA, there's that bragging rights and a uh, little bit of a side pull for the for the Kellys pumps as well, which is great.
0: Barbecue, it's all about family. And a huge part of the barbecue family is heat beads. In fact, they've been fueling Australian family barbecues for over 50 years. So there's a very good chance that your kids, you, your parents, and your grandparents have all eaten delicious meals lovingly cooked over heat beads. One of their most popular lines is their hardwood lump charcoal. It's 100% natural, chemical free, and the lumps are large and consistently sized, giving you a reliable burn every time. It burns hot and is low ash, making it not only perfect for backyard cooks, but also commercial cooking units. So grab your favourite grill, your secret recipe, a bag of heat beads and your nearest and dearest, and make some delicious lifelong memories.
1: Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation.
0: All righty. So now in the second segment here, what we're going to do is we're going to take a deep dive into the SCA. So for, for any listeners or viewers who might be unfamiliar with what the SCA is, can you give us a bit of a, a quick summary of what the SCA is and how it works?
1: All right, so yeah, SCA steak Cook-Off Association. Um, so it's it's out of America. Um, so there's, there's two parts really. There's this, there's a steak points chase and there's the ancillary points chase. So you, your steak, um, you know, you cook and you're cooking a um, scotchy scotch fillet. Um, they're they're looking at things like your presentation. There's a there's a set doneness which is medium that you need to. Um, have your steak cooked to, um, taste, texture, all, all those sort of things. And then there's the ancillaries, which is more about creativity with food. Um, a lot of hors d'oeuvre type things. Um, for instance, for instance, we're going to up and smoke um, in a couple of weeks, and there's breakfast, wings, um, desserts. And steak.
0: And,
2: and, and they've got a mystery
0: one mystery, as well. So. I haven't told us what that is yet. So. Ooh. That's exciting. Yeah. So just tell me that again. That was breakfast, wings. Desserts and, desserts and the mystery. And the mystery. Wow. Okay. So I, I know that we make lots of jokes about hot dogs being mystery meats, but uh, this, this could <laughs> literally end up being a mystery meat challenge. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. We have
2: done one tour before that had a mystery and it was um, end up being duck.
0: So. Interesting. How did you go with the duck?
2: Um, We got first place.
0: No, no.
2: Fourth place, sorry.
1: Sorry, my bad. Fourth fourth with duck. Sorry, that that was a competition we won all the other ancillaries. That was our first SCA that we.
2: That's what made us hungry for (laughs) SCA. That was at the Q Club in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, right. I I reckon that uh, Kev would put on a bit of a bit of a good comp there. So when it comes to those hand-ins like the um the ancillary the the mystery duck, do they give you any notice at all or do they just tell you 5 seconds before you got to go and pick up your piece of duck? Uh,
2: no, so with the SCA um, at the Q Club, we had a week. So we found out the Saturday before, so we had yeah, I suppose 7 days to work out what we could do um we haven't been told about up in smoke yet so we may not find out till the day we Mm. may find out the week before um but i suppose that's why it's really important to be able to be versatile and present and cook all different proteins and all different types of things because you never know what's going to be thrown at you
0: yeah very good point there yeah um, okay, well, I'm super interested to find out what's going to happen with that uh, mystery hand in at uh, at um, at Up in Smoke. That's that's one of my favorite barbecue festivals, and I can't get down there this year, and I'm just gutted. So uh, make make sure you have all the fun for me. Um, we'll keep it Yeah. So tell me about the steaks then. How how do you guys like to go about preparing and and cooking your steaks?
1: Um, so you'll you'll go in and select a steak. Um, you get 30 seconds to pick your steak, you, you'll get two. Um, a lot of people will cook a burner steak so they can see how those steaks are cooking on the day because, you know, temperature of the day, wind, all that sort of stuff can come into effect. So the brand of the steak as well, really affect it. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a little bit different though. We sort of prepare both steaks to, as if we're going to hand in both and then we'll select one once they're both cooked. Um, but we'll just, um, see, give them a quick trim season, tie them up into a shape that we like. Um, and yeah, we'll, we, we do a reverse sear, which is not many people do, um, anymore for SCA. There's a few people that do it well, but yeah, it's more people that are direct searing these days.
0: So. Why do you think there's that, uh, that movement from reverse sear to direct sear?
1: Um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I, I think with a reverse year, you, you get um, that pinkness through the whole cut. There's no none of that graying um, from having that high heat directly on the surface of the meat. Um, but yeah, it it may be that
2: I think it's what the cool kids do. Let's be honest. Comes <laughs> so down to who's up at the top of the um, leaderboard and what they're doing, and then. Everyone will go, oh, let's give that a try. And we did try the hot and fast and it didn't go so well for us. Yeah. So we
0: stick to what we know. <laughs> uh, and I think yeah. that's
1: important. If,
0: yeah. If even if, it broke, if it's done, not working. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. I was just saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Yeah, that's right. um, and small adjustments, if, if you think you've done well with the stake and, uh, it doesn't go well with the judges, it doesn't necessarily mean that you, done a bad job so you know i think just keep trying those things as long as you're happy with it
0: yeah and i mean if you if you're doing the reverse sear, then there's a good chance that you might be able to get just a little bit more smoke on it than you would with a direct sear so you get a bit of that um probably a little bit different flavor profile to a lot of the other ones as well which which should make you stand out if everyone's moving away to that other style
1: that's right i think there's a trade-off um with reverse searing that the texture on a reverse sear might be a bit looser than the texture on a direct sear. You're not getting that firmness. And I think that's why people might go the direct sear um, because they do tend to to score higher in that texture.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm. Why do you think that is? Do you think it might just be because the judges are like they've grown up having direct seared steaks, so that's what they're familiar with or because – Typically uh, people will reverse sear yeah, because they get a better texture.
1: Yeah, it, it, may, it may be that. Um, I just, I, I feel personally that, yeah, the direct sear is a lot firmer. Where the reverse sear, for me, it's a lot easier to get that medium doneness.
0: Interesting. Very cool. All right, so let's let's dive into an, ancillaries then, which I, I know is, uh, is, is where you guys are at. So what what is it that just fascinates you about these ancillary categories because I mean you you both of you clearly have just this passion for the for the ancillary so tell us a bit about what what fascinates you about them
2: Uh for me I think it's the fact that you can really push the limits and you can really think outside the square and then push it even further um, wherever those Really whacked out creations, I suppose, come from in your head. You get to actually put them into a box and hand them to a judge. <laughs> so I think that's where it is for me. Um, yeah, What's, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's their creativity that you know. It, it's just the yeah creativity with food. It's kind of like half um, cooking, half artist. <laughs> it's, you know, it's 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 fun. We're we're always thinking about how to any how to present the food. You don't necessarily get judged on how it looks in the box, but. But Everybody eats with their eyes. You eat with your eyes. So if it looks good, you're halfway there.
0: Yeah. Now are either of you or, or both of you chefs by profession?
2: Um, I did work in the kitchen for a little bit, but not preparing this type of things.
0: more for children, so. (laughs) I was (laughs) a child,
1: and I'm a mechanic, so.
0: Right, okay. All right. That makes it even more, um, sort of impressive because you haven't had that, that formal training in, uh, in, in making all that fancy stuff. So that's, that's literally just an internal passion that you've found.
2: As far as our training goes, it's probably like MKR and things like <laughs>
0: that. <laughs> you got the DVR set to record every episode and then watch it all back in slow motion and. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we we usually like to
1: start with a recipe and then we'll just twist that recipe into something that you know, we we think's good for SCA. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. So just That's a quick aside.
2: So things can taste great,
0: but it doesn't mean it's going to hand in well for a category. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, yeah. So just as a quick aside, MKR or MasterChef? MKR. Interesting. Okay.
2: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> we got to on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no arguments there at all. So tell us about the best ancillary that you've ever done. Your your favourite hand in that you've done.
2: Um, I think my favorite would have been um, a sticky pork belly that we did with a okanyami Japanese pancake with an orange sort of orange soy glaze over it yeah that was probably one of my favorites. We've done a couple of different twists on that since but none have been, none have compared to the first one that we put up. Mm.
0: God, that sounds amazing. So was that like a uh the pork uh pork belly was the category? Uh
2: it was pork.
0: Um, no, uh, well
2: that, oh, that was Asian street
1: food. Well the first time we did it was Asian street food.
2: First yeah. time we did it was actually <laughs> Asian street food.
0: <laughs> wow, there you go. So that was I I think you just mentioned four different possibilities there. It just sort of shows how wide the uh the, the door is open in those ancillary categories to just uh, wherever you can take it. Um, now, mm-hmm. have you have have you ever had any disasters?
2: Oh, yeah, oh. most definitely. Um, I was actually up in smoke last year. We had Brad from um, Smoke Syndicate, smoke syndicate. Smoke syndicate yeah. uh, in the marquee with the two of us whilst we were frantically screaming at each other because the batter wasn't working, the cake wasn't cooking, we had four minutes to hand in. And I was literally running to make the hand in, and I think it was still a bit deli in the middle. So we
0: most definitely have epic fails.
1: And by a big deli, she means completely runny.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it a chocolate cake
2: though? Uh, no, it it's was sticky a day. sticky date. <laughs> aren't,
0: aren't they supposed to be runny in the middle? Like you cut them open and they well, ooze out?
2: That's what we were going for because we injected it with some caramel, like, butterscotch sauce just so it looked like it was supposed to be, but it really <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right on the way they to tell us to, yeah, suck it up or we'll crack our heads together because um, he didn't want us to wish the hand in. So that's, that's what we're talking about. Like, you know, part of the family is someone from a completely different team in the marquee where they going, just get it together and just get it done. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs>
0: Awesome. And uh, okay, so then what has been the best or wildest category that has, that, that has been at a competition that you've competed at?
2: I um, think the wildest that we've actually done it would have been our um, disco burgers, which I think you might have featured <laughs> from Meat Meat last year. So we had a bit of a 70s disco theme happening with our buns, um, all gold glittered and a silver glittered pickle on the top, just
1: because
0: why not yeah, we did yeah. end up
1: scaling we did end up scaling that back at the invitational in Sydney yeah. um 2000, 2019 yeah um, and we did a galactic burger so it still had some um, glitter man, on man. it it was black um, and it was a maple bacon cheeseburger which got first place so yeah
0: awesome that was awesome good. One thing that that has been rattling around in my head since I saw that disco burger, how on earth do you manage to paint a pickle? (laughs)
2: Um, I have an SDA kit, and in my kit, I have pretty much everything that an artist would have in their studio. Um, So if there's any tools that people need, they will often come in and say, Hey, Chloe, have you got this? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, check the box. It's over there. It takes. Yeah, particularly at meat, meat because it was quite windy. So we had to find a spot where the wind wasn't blowing because there was just glitter going everywhere, um, which isn't always fun. <laughs> but, yeah, no, definitely need to have all the tools available.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that you must almost have like a little mini air compressor paint gun or something for doing that. Just It just boggles my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell me, have you done i've I've seen a few different uh, really interesting categories, things like uh, Bloody Mary categories and things like that. Um, what's been the most sort of uh, um, creative category at a competition that that you've seen?
1: Probably probably what you've just said, you said Bloody, Bloody Mary. Marys like any, oh, no, no, yeah, any of the drinks because it, you can do anything with them. you can have the cup sitting inside whatever it is that you're handing like the, our last one we did a um it was a butternut pumpkin that was carved it had a it was carved so it had a big evil face on it with like candle eyes and a big carrot mohawk and yeah it was it was pretty fun
2: and then so, yeah, uh at broke last year as well we had um a margarita category which was quite fun so we served that one in a pineapple with a mermaid, like it was a blue lagoon margarita. So we tried to take a little bit of a different twist. But some of the guys were rocking in and they had coconut smoking cigars and all different sorts of things. Spark, so, sparklers. Sparklers. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the drinks categories definitely go right out there.
0: I'm interested to know, though, if you've got all that alcohol and you're playing with sparklers around it, I mean, aren't you kind of taking a risk there?
1: <laughs> Most definitely. Barbecue and alcohol is a massive risk, <laughs> but we all do it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of picturing like all the, all the spirits going into the margarita and then sitting a sparker on top and sparks falling into the margarita and all of a sudden you've got a, a, a flambeau or something happening there. And <laughs> flaming moat. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, um, are you planning on on taking your uh, SCA, um, kit on the road and heading over to the US to compete at the World Championships or anything like that?
2: Won't be this year, but possibly next year. That's
0: the
1: dream. It's
2: the dream, and I suppose it'll really depend on again the health of the whole world <laughs> and where everybody's at, and um, you know, looking at safety first. But most definitely, would love to get over there. Take the kids over there make a nice big holiday out of it.
1: They've also changed the SCA rules this year. So there's actually a golden ticket handed out for ancillary categories now oh. um, to the first place winner. So that um, if the first place winner already has one, it goes down to the second place and until fifth place, if that keeps happening. Um, so to compete at the world championship in ancillaries, you need to have one of those. Um, so we've got to try and get one of those. but. Um, yeah, we would, that's the dream.
0: Oh right, so you didn't actually get an invite for, for, for winning it for twenty twenty. Uh,
1: not to the ancillaries, we haven't, but we've got a stake one. Yeah.
0: So. Ah, there we go. And so they yeah. are, are they willing to sort of hold that invite over until, um, ad, as Chloe said, the world gets better and we can start traveling again. Yeah, I believe it.
1: They're held over till March twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two.
0: Nice, very nice, very nice. And so, what do you think you would um, you you'd be uh, taking in terms of the the Aussie spin that 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 you'd put on it over there?
2: Just be us, yeah. really. I think well, I think we've sort of set ourselves aside from you know most things, really.
1: Yeah.
2: So just us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott.
0: Alrighty, so now we're into segment three and we're going to do a couple of different things here. We're going to start off with the lesson that you guys are going to share with our viewers and our listeners, which is tips for SCA beginners. And then after that, I'm going to start fielding you the, the questions that have been coming through in the comments there. So if you're joining us on the live video now, now's the time. Start putting your your questions in the comments and in a couple of minutes, I'll start putting them to, to Shane and Chloe. So I'm going to turn it over to you first of all and um, let's start... Uh, Let's get you started sharing some tips for uh, for SCA beginners.
1: Yeah, no worries. Um, so the the first tip that um, we've got is to get yourself into judging. Pro- it doesn't have to be before you compete, but for us, we were competing and we are always behind. We were never getting call-ups. So we went and judged at the Q club. Um, Did the master of the Q there. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was huge for us because it shows you what, all the teams don't want you looking at, which is all of their hand <laughs> So you know they don't post, A lot of teams won't post photos of their handings and stuff. So judging gives you that experience to look into the box, see what everybody else is doing. You know, you get a uh, where that bar is, where the bar set. So,
2: or if teams do want you to see what they like, what they're doing, you get this one that have been dropped and half mushed on the side of the chopping board not what's actually going to the judges. So having, seeing, smelling, tasting that from the outside, so different.
1: Yeah. Um, the next one would be to talk to the other teams that are competing and, and get their tips. Um, we were lucky enough to have help from uh, people like Boomer, Ross Walker from Firehouse Barbecue. He was a really big help in our first competitions. Um, obviously, he's kamikaze now. Um, you know, it's it's a big family, so draw on their experience, uh, and that's that's pretty invaluable to do. Um, and get yourself versed in the SCA rules because you need to know the rules to be able to bend them. You don't want to break them, but you've
2: got to push them as far as you can. Yeah,
1: the, you need to bend. You know, you want someone to open the box and go, "Wow, can they do that or not?" <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that's a big one. And practice, practice at home.
2: And then when you think you've got it down pat, practice some more.
1: The amount of times we've cooked things at home. I mean, we did some SCA practice today and things, sometimes they don't come to plan and you just, you know, you have to, at the, in the home setting, you can work that out. So that's pretty important, I think. Yeah. Um, and no,
2: we're not telling you what we're practicing today.
0: Like. <laughs> I was pretty sure that you did say when I asked what was the last thing you barbecued right back at the start of the episode, you told me that, that you'd done some pork belly. Uh, the we we're practicing
1: today. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, and the other thing is sponsors. Um, we
2: couldn't be anywhere near where we are without the help, without, yeah, our sponsors there been amazing through both ABA, SCA.
1: Yeah, comp- like- competing can be very expensive and sponsors. It just makes it so much easier. So just don't be afraid to approach people, email what the people from what fuel you're using. Um, he Bees have been a massive help to us. Um, Lara Quality Meats is another one of our sponsors, so they help us out with meat, which is it's a massive, it's just a huge weight off that um,
2: and at the end of the day, you've got nothing to lose. If they say no, they say no. But we've been fortunate enough that people we've approached have said yes, we've had some approach us, which has been great partnerships, nice. really has.
1: And don't, don't be afraid to approach the little guy as well. We've got small business owners that sponsor us like Dirty Dugs Essentials, uh, Boss Hog and the Duchess of Pork, who are getting quite big now, um, and a little business called Wood Grain Concepts who do chopping boards and stuff like everything helps. So, you know, it's, and those little businesses grow with you as well.
0: So. Yeah. Very nice. It's nice to see, um, sort of different opportunities to support local small, small and large businesses as well. And, and see how that circle can be, um, reciprocated, I guess is probably the best word. You know, you help them, they help you that helps the scene that helps everybody. So. That's really interesting. It's, it's,
1: it's quite rewarding. Um, Lara Quality Meats, for instance, they're our meat sponsor. Um, and when we first started with them, they were looking to get into the low and slow cuts as well. Um, so we've grown together and now he's the destination butcher in Geelong for low and slow. So, you know, it's, it's been beneficial for both
0: of us. That that's interesting how those opportunities can then sort of um, develop into new different uh, sort of business pathways for people as well.
1: It, it definitely does. We're, we're starting catering now and, um, wow. we're doing just starting up some classes as well, which we're doing out of Laura, Claudia meets to start with. Um, which has been awesome so far. I mean, the, the tickets sold out in a day and a half. So, um, you know, and there's people screaming for them. So there's a good market for it. Um,
0: Yeah. Now you're actually doing that as, um, as barbecue asylum. Is that right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's correct. So we, yeah, we just started a little, a little side business and, um, yeah, we'll see how
0: it goes. So it just makes it
1: easier with the ABN to move it around, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great tip for SCA beginners there. If you want to get, um, get a leg up in the world of SCA, go check out a barbecue asylum class coming, coming to a city near you soon.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We're an open
0: book. Yeah. Now, just looping back to what you mentioned about judges before, um, how do you sort of make the most of that opportunity as a judge? I know that there are certain people in, in low and slow barbecue teams who have a reputation for carrying a notebook into the judge's tent. Is that something that you're able to do in an SCA judge's tent?
1: Um, I don't think it's against uh, the rules. You're not, I know, don't know. <laughs> you're not allowed to take photos and stuff. Um,
2: yeah, so no photos of the boxes, but yeah, you you take a lot of mental notes and when you do get out, yeah, you're frantically writing your own notes everywhere, but um, yeah, it's actually a good point. I don't know if you can take a notebook in.
1: I think talking to the other judges once judging is yeah. complete as well because then you get a feel of what their favourite hand-in was, a why they of. liked it. Um, and then when you see the awards, if that one does well, you know. You sort yeah.
2: of understand a little bit more as to why. It's not just then your thoughts. You've got
1: those five others that have been on the table with you. Mm. And you're, so you're trying to please the masses really. So.
0: so you're sort of really doing everything you can to sort of um, harness those, those, uh, all those minds on the table and sort of pull, pull from that. Yeah, correct.
2: And you've got to remember you only get one bite. The judges will take one bite of your thing and you've got to win it from that one bite. So it's got to be impressive.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, another thing that you mentioned was talking to other teams. How would you recommend someone, I mean, you can't just sort of walk up to their tent and go, hey, tell me how you she do can. what you do. <laughs> oh,
2: of
0: course do. you can. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right.
2: Ready. I'm, I'm struggling with this or we're doing things this way. And people go, oh, that'll work. But have you thought about this or have you tried that? So they won't tell you exactly what they're doing or how they're doing it, but they will give you ideas on different ways that you may get you to the same point.
1: Yeah, look, people aren't going to give give you their most closely guarded secrets that they have, but they're going to point you in the right direction. Definitely. So with
0: Time you're going to get there, so yeah, nice. You're not heading in
1: the complete direction,
0: fair enough. I like that. All righty, so now's a good time for us to start wrap, wrapping up this episode. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you now. Give us some uh, some shout outs to people who've helped you, give some thanks to those along the way, and tell everybody where they can track you down on the internet, on the social media.
1: Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, so firstly, um, our sponsors, Heatbeads, they've Always been a massive help. I, I mentioned, or we mentioned that uh, they were with us since the start. Um, huge help, always, always there for us. So thanks, guys. We love you. Um, Lara Quality Meats, again, there since the start. I mean, we, we were very lucky as a starting team to be sponsored um, by Butcher straight away. Um, that doesn't happen. Um,
2: but yep, so Geelong's home of low and slow, get into the Lara Butcher. Um if you're from Ballarat, get in the car, drive down there. It's not
1: that far, an hour. <laughs> it's it's the destination in Butcher for Low and Slow in Geelong. Um, there is basically nowhere else to go. Nowhere sells the briskets, the pork shoulders, the lamb shoulders, the, not ribs. the same quality. No. Yep. So get in there and um support Andrew and the boys. Um Boss Hogg and the Dutch, Duchess of Pork. Um Mel and Dan Barrett. Um, love them, they, they've been a huge support as well um, give, free delivery Australia
2: wide, they have really good deals on Tuesdays, if they they're, they're on
1: the cheap last Tuesdays <laughs> <laughs> um, Dirty Dugs Essentials Dirty um, Dugs
2: so, Jalapeno relish you will uh, come across, ever
1: pickled jalapenos amazing, yes, absolutely yeah. amazing so google them um, Dirty Dugs Essentials they're, they're Facebook awesome as well,
2: yeah
1: um, is Australia, um, they've been on board with us now for roughly a year and a half. Um, as we said earlier in the podcast, very easy to use, um, a cheaper alternative to your traggers and that sort of thing um, at roughly half the price.
2: Great after service if you need it as well. They're on the phones, they're on the emails, very responsive. Um, again, you can pick one up at Lara Quality Meats as well. So go in, get your thing, get your meat, it's all done.
1: Um, and Wood Range Concepts, who's a new sponsor of ours, um, just they uh, make chopping boards and knife blocks and anything with wood. So um, give them a, a look on Facebook as well.
2: Um, thanks to all the teams that have helped us out. Um, as Shane said, a lot of teams, will Hold their nearest and dearest secrets to themselves, but other than that, they're up for a chat, they're up for a beer or 10,
0: yeah, maybe
2: more. Ask um, the boys from Hannibal, they're really good at it, they don't seem to keep track anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but no, say, th- and thank you, Ben, for you yeah, being with us and helping us, um, getting our name out there as well after Horsham. And again, today's been great, thank yeah. you.
1: And just a shout out as well to the guys from, um, Talking to Brian, who we mentored um, when they were starting out, they're doing, doing big things in barbecue.
2: And just be careful who, how much, but yeah, we do help people because we helped them and then they better been us in state. So just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So you got to start holding back on some of those secrets there then. Yeah. Well, as
2: Shane said, we're an open book, maybe a little bit <laughs> too
0: open. Nah. Too open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Tell us where we can track you down um, on the social media and make sure that you remember to include um, Barbecue Asylum as well.
1: Yes. So on, we're on Facebook, um, Barbecue Asylum and Forest Lump Barbecue. And we're also on Instagram with Forest Lump Barbecue. Um, not yet with Asylum, but we will
0: be shortly.
2: Yeah. Give us a follow, give us a follow, and hopefully, yeah, you, you can see some pretty cool things coming out this year.
0: There will be lots of very, very cool things. Like I said, those cheesecakes and all the different uh, chocolate cakes. I saw one; you'd, it was uh, the photograph had like a the side spooned out of it and just like caramel sauce oozing. Ah, oh, man, <laughs> so good. Well, look, that, thanks very much for for coming on board the show. It's been great to catch up with you today and to and to hear the whole forest lump story. And best of luck with the competition scene in 2021. May it be. Better than the competition scene in 2020.
2: Cheers,
1: Thank Bobby. you so much.
0: Thanks, Mike. And there you have it, family. That was Chloe and Shane from Forest Lump Barbecue. Beautiful people. They're the like real salt of the earth. When you hear that expression, salt of the earth people, they're just beautiful people, fantastic to have in the, in the barbecue scene. And they really are paving the way in terms of creativity and what you can achieve in, in the SCA scene. Um, as I said before, some of the most creative stuff I've ever seen, uh, was coming through that, uh, judge's room down in Meat Meat when I was doing the photography there. Absolutely just phenomenal stuff. Um, all right. So just to wrap things up for today, um, I just want to close out with giving a big thank you and a big shout out to our podcast partner for today, Heatbeads. Um, as I said at the top, their lump charcoal is my personal favorite. So get out there, get some of that. It is beautiful stuff. Um, jump onto our, uh, our website, smokinghawconfessions.com. Have a click around. A pop-up window is going to appear. We'll shoot you out a copy of our free ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. Um, we do have the Smoking Hot community on Facebook. So if you would like to join us for these recordings live so you can put these questions to our guests, uh, put your questions to the guests, I mean, uh, make sure you join us over there. Uh, If you would like to support the show, we do have Patreon set up now, smokinghotconfessions.com slash Patreon. If you head on over there and subscribe, it's a $5 a month subscription and you get all the uncut, unedited versions of the show there. Um, So that's really cool. And if you are watching on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up, a subscribe and hit that notification bell. If you're watching on Facebook, it's a thumbs up again and a comment and a share. Um, The share would really help us out. And if you are watching on IGTV, the cute little love hearts and a follow. And if you're on Apple podcasts, a five-star rating and review, we would love that so much. And I'll tell you what, if you leave a five-star rating and review for the show, I will give you a shout out at the top of the, of the episode. So how about that? There's a deal for you. And that's all the time that we do have for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the
1: Smoking Hot Confessions podcast head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions.